Good morning, it's Sunday the 3rd of May and this is now the 6th week that I've recorded these messages sitting in a little room all by myself and I wonder how many more weeks we will have to do this together before we're able to really be together in worship in our own community and all around the world. This week's reading is from the Gospel of John, it's in chapter 10 and it leads up to the reading where Jesus talks about himself as the Good Shepherd which we're very used to reading and, and hearing but this is the reading just before that. Let's hear it. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of the stranger. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. As I said, we're, in, we're used to the image of Jesus as the good shepherd. It was also a well-known uh, way of describing teachers and even rulers, kings and despots of the ancient world. It was the idea that they would give um, uh, protection to their people um, and we obviously know the the 23rd psalm which is the uh, the psalm given for this weekend um, it will be in in our newsletter but here we've got Jesus talking about himself as a gate and it's not the one it's not the image that we often think of we often think of Jesus as the shepherd but the gate is it's a strange use of the term but uh, we've been told that that um, out in the fields when shepherds needed to corral their sheep together um, not at home but out in the field they would have a, a rough wall of stone out with a gap in the middle and the shepherd would sit in the gap and be the gate so um, it would have been a really potent image uh, to the people of the time of Jesus when um, sheep and sheep herders were everywhere in a sense gates operate then as, as a kind of a temporary wall they stop things from happening, they protect things. 
Uh, and this is the sense when we uh, apply this idea of the gate to shepherds and uh, to, sorry to to rulers and to people in charge of things. Their job is to keep us safe. One of the great responsibilities of government in the Western world, of uh, even though they're democratically elected, uh, they're still greatly responsible for the uh, defence of a nation. Um, but of course, at its worst, it's about controlling and dividing people. Um, deciding about who's in and who's out and of course unfortunately over the many centuries the church has been a great user of the gate in that form of deciding who says the right words and they're in who acts the wrong way and they're out uh, sometimes uh, to great detriment of, of millions of people over long periods of time but a gate is also uh, an entry uh, in and out of it's not just a, a, a temporary wall it's also a gateway an open way and an open gate is no longer has the power to restrict and to manage an open gate is a gate is a, a gap in the wall it's an opportunity for freedom and I think this is the kind of gate Jesus means um, and we I think that because you only have to read through parts of John's Gospel to see how much Jesus is on about invitation, always inviting people not to be corralled in, but to be opened out into all kinds of new and wonderful opportunities. Think about the story of Jesus and Nicodemus in chapter 3 of John. He's constantly got this invitation all through that story to leave the narrow world of who's in and who's out and who's born again and who's not into a bigger world of welcome where everyone is invited into the eternal and ongoing life. The same with Jesus in, in chapter 5 of John where he is healing on the Sabbath and finding himself in trouble for it. But he wants to abolish the distinctions between when people are allowed to experience life and when they're not. It's a constant opening up. And the woman called her in adultery in John chapter 8. Jesus refuses to see the difference between her and her accusers. It's a really shocking indictment. He literally refuses to see that there's a difference between her, whatever she may or may not have done, and between them with what they may or may not do. And I think this is what Jesus means by abundant life in verse 10 of our reading, the last verse. Jesus is saying that he is the opening up of life, the opening up all the time. So for Jesus, the gate is the open door. I am the gate. I am the open door. I am the opportunity. But if Jesus is the gate and the giver of life, what does he mean by the thief, the one who comes only to steal and destroy? Well, he might mean, of course, the evil one who has that name and other names all through the New Testament and, and even more so in the Old Testament. It, it, it could have meant that there's some sort of external force who comes in to steal and destroy but since the early 3rd century, the writings of one of the church fathers, uh, Origen, people have begun to see the idea that maybe the thief uh, and the robber uh, is something internal in ourselves. The one 
who seeks uh, the, something within ourselves that seeks to rob us uh, and to steal away uh, something that's real and true and valuable. Of course, a thief is someone who seeks to get something without struggle. It's about taking a shortcut. And we we all do that, don't we, in our lives? There, there would be no uh, market for diet books and diet plans if we didn't wish there was a shortcut and seek it out to losing weight or to getting healthy um, and all kinds of exercise plans that, um, that invite us to do just these things uh, and we can take a shortcut to health. And we know dietitians are constantly telling us that there is no shortcut to losing weight. There's just healthy eating, um, minimal amounts of bad food, lots of good food, um, good proportions, and we just keep doing it for a long time. But we we're always on the on the lookout for shortcuts. And even those of us who believe all of that to be true, when a new diet comes along. We still want to go and spend five minutes having a look at it just in case this might be the shortcut. And we live in that kind of fantasy world a lot of the time. And right now, in the middle of this pandemic, it's easy to slip into a fantasy of what if, if there's some way out of this that's quick and easy. And fantasy is good. I mean, we we uh, read stories, we watch TV, we watch movies. Maybe we're doing a little more of that than we're used to doing um, at this point. But those sorts of things are good because they open up our minds. But we also have to live in the real world. And so we have to balance that, the idea of the fantasy and the, in a, in, in a sense, the shortcut to peace. But I think Jesus, when he's talking about the thief coming to kill and destroy, is is talking about something really doing violence to us as people. That that the thief comes to kill the truth that Jesus talks about when he says that um, he's come to bring bring life. Um, it's easy to tell ourselves terrible stories about who we are, about what our deficiencies are about what we've not done, about what we should be doing, the kind of life we should be leading. And people find more and more as they look at other people's lives, we can measure ourselves up. Here we are in this lockdown situation and that person over there is learning a language and doing exercise and writing a book. And um, you may have heard all the memes that go around that um, during a plague um, that uh, happened as, as it did a number of times in the life of William Shakespeare during one of those plagues he wrote the extraordinary play King Lear and what are we doing we're just watching television that we're constantly bombarded with these kinds of messages it's easy to tell ourselves terrible stories about who we are and so often I've met people um, telling me something about themselves and I, I realise that if they were to be spoken to like that by someone else and it would almost be illegal it would certainly be terrible and yet we seem to let ourselves tell ourselves these things but the thief is the one who is inside of us is this sense of our inadequacy and our unwillingness to do the right thing in the right way at the right time or to stick to a plan we're constantly critical of ourselves what does it take to destroy something in us? 
when we lose hope or we lose energy. I mean, we've often heard that uh, you can hear 10 compliments about something that you've done and one slight criticism about one small part of it and the compliments seem to evaporate and the only thing left is a sense of inadequacy and failure because somebody didn't like it, one small part of what we've done. It's so easy to just have that taken away. And was the, and this idea of the thief coming in and just removing that sense of hope. And you think about the things that give you energy and the things that take energy away. I think this is the, one of the sorts of things that Jesus is talking about, that we have to be on guard for this thing, this happening to us, particularly at this time. And that sense of remembering that Jesus is the gate constantly open and inviting us into what Jesus said I came that they might have life and have it abundantly abundant life is a life that is more than necessary it's it's extraordinary it's surpassing it's uncommon abundant life or life at all is the opposite of death and destruction it's a life where we're not just existing but thriving and that opportunity is there for us at every moment Jesus says that it's not just that well here we are in this terrible condition of the pandemic we don't know what's going to happen we know that many of us can be in danger if we go out and uh, and socialize too much we understand all of that uh, and then we can say well that that's they're, they're the constraints so I can't do anything there's nothing I can do but in every moment According to Jesus, we're being invited into this world of abundance. It might not look exactly the way it would look, hopefully, in some months from now when things can can open up again. But we can be open in ourselves. We can be invited in ourselves to see ourselves as welcome and open and uh, and welcomed into the world. Abundant is more than we could need um, when we hear criticism uh, as if the as if that's the heart and truth of our lives it takes away who we are as if as if there's a sense of who we are is so small and so fragile but what if it's the other way around what if who we are who we are called to by god is large and robust and and resilient and that sure when criticism comes, when we're depressed, when we criticise ourselves, yes, those things are real and they do do hurt us and damage us. But they're damage on the edge of a great certainty of who we are called to be, who we are meant to be, who we truly are in God. People who live life in abundance. I think that's the one of the messages in Jesus talking about himself as the gate and I go through days where I'm critical of myself at the moment because I'm not doing as much as I should my brain won't work as fast as I want it to I'm not as clever as I need to be I don't understand particularly as I'm putting these talks together I don't understand as much as I should I haven't read as much as I should I'm not as smart as I should be I only need to tell myself those things for a few minutes for to suddenly lose all ability to do what it is that I'm asked to do, what it is that I'm invited to do. And I need to 
build again that sense of, hang on, that's not true. Some of those things, sure, are a bit... Yes, I don't know everything that there is to know. Yes, I'm not the smartest person in the world on these subjects. That's true, and that will always be true. But within there, within there, is the welcome that I've been offered all the time, in every moment, into newness, into life, into the openness in my mind and in my spirit and even if I the open door isn't leading me physically out of my house very much at the moment the open door is leading me into a life of abundance all I have to do is take that mental emotional step forward and God meets us there all the way through and maybe you want to read through those passages again that I mentioned the story of Nicodemus, Jesus healing on the Sabbath, the woman caught in adultery and so many other stories, even the very first story, Jesus making water into wine to read them again and see the invitation to life and to abundance all the way through that gospel I hope you do and I hope you recognise and I hope you remember what an extraordinary invitation we're given now as we're talking and hearing this and in every moment. Amen.